Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. I'm saying it all for January. I think we're going to keep saying it until you I guys get I sick of it. I think I did it last year, too. Or <laughs> I think so, year? too. That last year. We are in 2020. I'm still writing 2019 on things. Oh. It just never... I actually think I was really proud of myself last year because I think I only wrote 2018, like, for, like, a week. And then I was, like, so good. But it was only because I was doing some accounting stuff and I had to write 2019, mm. like, 20 times and so I think I just got used to it so maybe 2020 is easier too I feel like the two oh two. I don't know I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of o's and a lot of twos I think I'm gonna it's gonna be like 2020 or something (laughs) like when do you stop oh my gosh that's so funny (laughs) we are well into the second semester the second part of the year from a lot of school districts a lot of the semesters kind of end around this time winter Um, has come yeah winter's come we're getting into to February next week already which is insane, but we wanted to do this quick straight intro about Janice Royal. She's an independent, it's just such a royal name, right? Yeah, yeah. She's an independent educational consultant who specializes in college planning. So um, we get into her background. She has a certificate. Mm -hmm. She did it through the And particularly looking at college planning for kiddos who have learning differences, Mm -hmm. learning disabilities, autism on the spectrum, things that I think families of these children there's a lot of myths out there about them not being able to go to college. So, we know, we dive in about accommodations. We talk a little bit about the we scandals think, that yeah, have been happening. Yeah. And last year with USC. But we also kind of talk and tap into our wealth of knowledge regarding what colleges provide kind of just the minimum that they need to provide under the ADA, the Americans with mm-hmm. Disabilities Act. There is a shift from K through 12, where we're under the IDEA or three years old, up to 22 technically, with the IDEA. And then we have the Individual Disability Education Act. And then once the child is 18, depending you know on circumstances, then the Americans with Disability Act kicks in. And, yep. and we didn't get too into that. I don't even think we covered it, but we wanted to make sure that we brought it to your attention. But what Janice was able to kind of talk to us about were the minimum services or just even resources mm-hmm. that under the ADA these colleges have. We talked about coordinated services at some of the Cal states. And then we talked about structured programs or right. fee-based. So on top of tuition, room and board, places like the University of Denver, Arizona actually facilitate a program where if your child needed a bit more support almost like academic coaching yeah and we're executive functioning yeah we're starting to see a lot more colleges that have more robust programs and i know that we've posted a few times on our facebook articles about certain schools ucla cal state northridge and other schools across the country that are creating these separate programs not separate but like Additional, additional it's not support. just the regular classes mm-hmm. it's they're getting additional support and this is always a good time to high school to have those triennials even if it's senior year something that we had we always anytime we see Janice we're just always talking about the yeah. ADA versus the IDEA and then she brought up a good point in our conversation outside of the recording about how a lot of these college campuses are looking to see what you have been provided and when you have yeah. that recent about 
evaluation with, you know, even though it's the yeah. same learning differences that you've had always, it's the most recent. Yeah, there's still time right now. It's January. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had an evaluation in a couple of years and your child is about to graduate in June, there's still time to that 60 day mm-hmm. time frame. So we recommend you go ahead and take a look at that now if you need to do an updated assessment. Janice has some really great tips and tricks for parents and it's all about planning. It's just yep. to start it early and start um, the year with some planning for your child's oh future. Oh my goodness. We are well into this year. Get on it. No, hopefully this is a great resource. There's plenty of stuff online. Her website is also yep. really helpful. So check it out. It'll be in the show notes and we hope you guys enjoy our guest Janice Royal. Janice, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. We know Janice from the circuit, the networking circuit. <laughs> We've lunch a couple times. Exactly. So. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure to be here today. So for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, how you service our community, and how you got there? I would be happy to. I am an independent educational consultant, which means that I specialize or my practice, I specialize in helping students, high school students, find the right fit college and get through the entire process of identifying majors, identifying colleges, getting their resumes pulled together, going through those lovely things uh, known as standardized testing and the whole process so that As we get to the application season, which I've just wrapped up a whole big (laughs) section of it with UCs and Cal States and early action and so on and so forth. But yeah, prepare those, all the materials, all the items, all the elements that are needed for the application, including the personal essay, which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful, it's a tough one. It can be really tough for all students, not just students with learning uh, disabilities. So I do that. And then we I help students. I work with them typically from their home so that I can meet them in an environment that they're comfortable with. And there's one less activity that they have to travel to. And I work with them one on one. And we get to know each other real well and they are get to the place where they trust me pretty darn well so that we can develop wonderful stories for their personal essays and all of the different essays that build up the application. What got you interested in that area? It's a very specific need. Yeah. Yes. And I think most parents, you know, if they're gearing up for just the high school experience, don't even realize that you exist. And a lot of parents do not. That's true. Well, I came at college counseling basically with my own children. I am a very traditional helicopter parent. (laughs) And I had this plan for my children, my daughters, as far as college and all of that. And at the time, I looked 
to formalize that process. It was very interesting to me to figure out what this process was all about. And I literally started when my older daughter was in middle school. (laughs) So I was a little ahead of the curve there, right? I know. It's just my personality. Planning is key. But as I was doing my own research, I was very enamored with just the entire process and realized how much it had changed since I went through college. It was a whole new world. And so the process began for, you know, me formalizing my education with respect to college counseling. I went to the University of California extension program through UCR, UC Riverside, and I worked for about a year and a half on doing, you know, getting my certificate with respect to college counseling, joined professional organizations, uh, went to the seminars and, you know, just really became very active in the field. And then when it came time for my youngest daughter to begin the process, I realized I needed to shift focus a bit to helping students with learning differences. My youngest daughter is on the spectrum. She has Asperger's syndrome and she excels academically, but she definitely has other challenges. So I knew, she knew, you know, wanted college to be in her future. And I needed to come alongside her and figure this out. Exactly. Exactly. And she has now applied and been accepted to several exceptional universities. She's going to stay close to home because that is right for her (laughs) and small. And that is right for her. And that's an important factor when determining. I know a lot of families that we talk to are always thinking so far ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from, like I said, middle school, when it's, you don't really know the position your your child's going to be in come end of high school. They may think they want to go off far away because I don't want to live here anymore or (laughs) the other way around. They usually change their mind one way or the other. (laughs) Yeah. Different scenario. Exactly. I think with that planning process, there's a lot to it because you cut, there's that fine line right between planning ahead so that you can plan, but also not planning too much where you're kind of putting the child thinking that they have to stick with this plan, right? Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of working with an independent educational consultant is because we do get to know the students so well and we can be their advocate for wherever they are and where they do change their mind. These are young people that have not quite determined what, you know, where they want to go or what they want to pursue. So I, my job is to lower the stress level to, you know, I don't know that I can ever get it out of the way, but I very much try to lower the stress level for the student first and foremost, and for the family as well, just to be the person in the mix that can answer everyone's questions and show everybody how we are on track and it's good just relax you don't have to compare your path with all of your friends or you know other parents that kind of thing I think for us seeing you in the community with Mm -hmm. a lot of the just different community events that we show up and just have gotten to know you because of what we do we're we love having somebody that can just 
be an expert in that area. So obviously you go to different campuses, private, public, you know, because you're probably one of the first to see, you know, in preparing the child, if, if the parent is planning really far ahead and they get you maybe in middle school, hey, maybe this high school is not a good fit, you know, have you tried, you know, and we were talking about this before, but you saying like, look, I can provide options, but I'm not choosing the school for you. I think with the USC scandal and people really thinking, oh, you're just writing the essay for my child or you're doing like, that's not what you do. Not at all. Not at all. More so focusing and being that guiding light, really. And I think that that and for us, it really, you know, for our students that we service, that they took a hit because SAT accommodations, SAT two accommodations, mm-hmm. at, these are children with real unique yes. needs. And, and now it's harder. And now it's harder. And yeah. I wanted to kind of talk to you about that. Have you seen a shift? Obviously, since that scandal broke, I'm sure you have, but with our LD kiddos, like, are you preparing them in different ways than you did before? Or what just kind of your impressions? I, first of all, was infuriated with the scandal in that my profession aside that the process to obtain accommodations would be abused like that. Because as you know, day in and day out, there are so many young people that absolutely need this. They cannot, their access to higher education is significantly limited if they don't have access to multi-day or to extended time. I think that college is not even a possibility for many of these kiddos. And I would say that is not true. I work with so many young people, different levels of and different learning differences. And just like there are far more universities than the ones that we can all name off the top of our head, there are so many universities that do outstanding job of working with students with learning differences. There's a lot of options out there. Understanding about the need for accommodations, both on tests like the SATs, but also in classes and i think we get a lot of families that i think would easily give up if they you know didn't realize that there's people that are understanding and so yeah for people to go out and abuse it it is very disheartening because we already deal with the stigma around disability to begin with and so to think that that's going to impact you know kids ability to go to college yeah i mean it's a travesty yeah. absolutely so are there yeah. any tips that you are giving to your families that of students with learning disabilities or unique needs of like getting this process started in terms of accommodations i encourage my families to start early with respect to the testing i believe the best process is for students to take a practice test, a diagnostic test, so to speak, of each, you know, once with the SAT, once with the ACT, through a professional organization, a professional test prep company, or through where you will get a report that says you are stronger in this test or that test, or look, you're basically on par and you can choose whichever one you're most comfortable with. Once we know that, very significant piece of information, then the student can begin the prep process. And like 
many students, it takes a long time to achieve the scores that open up a lot more doors. Mm -hmm. So even if the student is pulling, you know, a solid high 3.7, 3.8, even into the fours, so many of our students with LD are brilliant. You know, they, and with the right accommodations, that shines through. So with respect to the testing to make sure that that score then reflects their abilities, it definitely takes time to work through the preparation process. And there's many ways to prep. Depending on the student and what works for them, they can self-study. There's many, many online programs that don't cost. They can do a combination of self-study, see how they do, you know, then what score they might achieve. And then what I always say, bring in the big guns and work with the professional test prep. And sometimes that is what needs to happen in that, again, a lot of students with learning differences respond much better to one-on-one teaching, one-on-one interaction, one-on-one guidance. And so that's often what I will then direct families to. I have a just a cadre of different professionals that they can access. So yeah, I would say definitely start early because then once you have an idea of what the timing is going to be for that first test, then the coordinator at the student's high school can complete the paperwork that's required to request the accommodations. It's not them just walking in, taking the test, and then just keep taking the test over and over. Like there is planning and definitely planning. Plan. Yeah. And that's you know something that you can obviously help with. with that and that's what I definitely am part of the process of saying. Okay. Now that we know, let's take your first one in, say, February. And then depending on the results there, we're going to give you some time to work on that preparation. We'll take it in June and then we'll, you know, take it a last time in July. My goal with really all students is for them to finish that testing prior to senior year. There's just too much happening as a senior with respect to college applications, essay writing, senior year activities, just everything is happening. And their stress level can go through the roof if they're still trying to get that score that they need, you know, on the standardized test. So once a child is able to kind of get that plan in place, so junior year is a good time to start. When do you typically see parents? Do you recommend that, you know, they do come to you in middle school or do parents have a little bit of time? What do you Definitely not middle school. That was me. (laughs) That was a little over. uh, I don't know what that was. That was a little early. Honestly, the best time I think to get started is sophomore year because sophomore year, you still have the time to plan versus just completing right and just going through the motions doing the steps one of the really very important steps for all students but particularly students with learning differences is to go on campus tours Mm -hmm. get out there it's very easy to go online and go under visits on a web page schedule a tour but importantly they 
very much need to also tour the Disability Resource Center, the Disability Services Office, whatever it's called, because part of the process is understanding that just like they've, we all experience in all walks of our life, not everything is created equal. And disability services offices are definitely not created oh, equal. And even some of the schools that have like robust programs, yeah. nowadays, but then others, it's like the standard, the law requires certain accommodations, yes. it doesn't require anything above and beyond that, yes. like our K through 12 system would, but there are so many schools that have robust programs, but until mm-hmm. you kind of dig a little deeper, you wouldn't necessarily see them on the surface. Exactly. There's an excellent resource for parents called the Kane W Guide to College Admissions for Students with Learning Disabilities. And in that book, it talks specifically about all sorts of, you know, it's four inches thick and it will, you know, cover detailed descriptions of various colleges throughout the United States and their disability services. It will give an overall of the university itself and then really dig down deep into the disability services. And what it does is it also in the back, it will break up the schools by the level of services that they provide. So not to call any schools out, you know, we're all different, right? But some of the schools that I put down here for today that provide your basic disability services, the law is the law, and, you know, they definitely will meet your students' needs, but if you have significant needs for accommodations or a lot of executive function, you know, needs or specific academic coaches, that kind of thing, it would be better to not go to a school that has just the basic level. So things, you know, schools that you might have heard of, like Auburn University, perhaps, or Marquette University, even our Occidental College up here outstanding universities all, but perhaps not for every student, you know, it would depend on their level of need for accommodations and stuff. And so that's why it's so important to start early, because if you (laughs) <laughs> you know, if kind of sift through a lot. You do. You it's do. Just, oh, well, this is what you want to major in. So let's look at schools that have that. You know, exactly. There's a lot to consider. And I think that this should be at the top of the sifting list, yeah, right? Because then you get into your coordinated services. And that's where a lot of our Cal States are going to fall. We have really excellent programs through the Cal States, Cal State Long Beach, Cal State Northridge, you know, Fullerton, Fresno, so on and so forth. The Cal Polys, both mm-hmm. Pomona and San Luis Obispo. Our UCs, particularly Los Angeles, Berkeley, San Diego, Santa Barbara. So definitely schools that families are familiar with here in California. A lot of them have what this level of coordinated services where there will be a professional who is an expert in, you know, teaching, counseling kids with learning differences and has a just a depth more robust program and more services to offer the students. So those are also something that book that I spoke of identifies in the back. And that's the largest group of universities in uh, the country that have coordinated services. There are another level of universities that have very, very structured programs. And often these structured programs are fee-based. So it's an additional 
fee on top of the tuition and room and board. And they offer the highest level of support. So one of them happens to be Beacon College that I'm going to be leaving tomorrow <laughs> to fly back to and tour for the first time. So I'm super excited about that. My job is also to get to these universities and tour them and talk to the disability services offices and find out what they do offer. Because then I can be a far more resourceful you know, educational yeah. consultant for families. But yeah, there's University of Denver. They have something called the LEP program. University of Arizona has the SALT program. American University, Marist College in New York. So really quite a wide variety of universities, Northeastern and Boston, Massachusetts. So students can go to wonderful universities yeah. throughout the country. Just we'll, we'll put that information on the show notes so families can check that out. Good, good, good. You know, just like for any kid, a lot of times we find that college is not the best path for them. When you encounter a family where maybe, you know, the traditional college or just college in general doesn't seem to be the right fit, what kind of paths do you lead them on or what kind of advice do you give them on like where to start of what comes next if it's not college? Yeah. Well, because of what I do, I actually only work with students that want to give college, they want to take that next step to go to college. What I do a lot of, however, is if a student is not ready by graduation, we work, stay with the family and the student will go to, will start at a community college. And that's a place where they can sort of regroup. <laughs> they can take those math classes that perhaps they just didn't tackle in high school, or they can take some of, they can take their freshman composition classes and they can get some taste of a university life and what's required and oh, you mean I'm in charge of reading the syllabus at the beginning of class the first day and putting all those dates in my phone or somewhere and really get a good feel without moving away from home and all of those supports and begin the process. And then I find that so many of my students that do that, within a year, year and a half, they're ready to go. They're ready to transfer. And so the transfer process is very much like the new freshman undergraduate process. So I work with them, again, through every step of the process to make sure that they then land at a four-year university that's going to be able to support them. But a lot of times by then, they're getting it. As you know, the research has told us that oftentimes with some of our kids with our students with learning differences, you know, their frontal cortex isn't developing until later. And so when they're 18, it's not an appropriate time for all of them to move away from home and then tackle all that goes along with living on your own for the first time, being responsible for when you wake up, when you go to bed, if you go to class. <laughs> if you, you know, all of those, when do you eat? Where do you do your laundry? All of those things can be overwhelming for any young person. And so, yeah, the community colleges in California are really quite amazing. And they do have a lot of services 
for our students with learning differences. But even within the community colleges, there is a variety. Some are better than others. <laughs> so that's important. It is very important, and I think being that beacon of light, especially because by that point, you are an adult in body, but like you said, with some of the emotional regulation and things like mm-hmm. that, you're still very much, and even with, you know, sophomore, junior, you know, you're still very much a child. Yes. Yeah. 16, and I think that the emotional regulation, having that outside person kind of helped because a lot of times... You know, a lot of the parents, typically mom, at the helm of everything. And then it's like combative with the child and having you come in and really be able to, you know, because you could say the same thing that mom was saying. Absolutely. Before, and it's just, <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Like with Janet. It's with Janet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, like, how can parents connect with you? What's a good way if they had additional questions or wanted to inquire about your services more? Where can they reach you? Well, I have all of my information that I will leave with you, of course. I have my email is actually the very best way because I am on the, I'm on the road a lot. I'm either on the way to or meeting with students at their homes. I am, you know, going to visit colleges, that kind of thing. And then when I'm not doing that, I am working to develop excellent college lists that, you know, offer all these different good fits for the student. But regardless, I would say that my email, it's just Janice at royalcollegeconsulting.com. Pretty simple. Um, You can certainly always call me or even text at 714-319-0399. And then I do have a website. So I'll leave all that information with you. Excellent. And we'll put it in the show notes. And it's definitely worth your time to take a look and kind of see. And like you said, there are resources online. And just, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and it's just like, you know, the internet is very good, but it's also very overwhelming. And so what's nice about having a person with your background expertise, I mean, you have, you went to UCR, the extension, you got the certification, like, this isn't just a hobby. Like, this no, definitely not. I did it with my kids, and now <laughs> I can tell you how. You put in a lot of work, a lot of education, and you're just, every time we see you, you know, mm-hmm. we always jump into your conversations mm-hmm. because you're at the helm of like, oh, and then there's this college. And <laughs> your brain is always very helpful for us. So you guys definitely check out Janice's website. And if you have additional questions about your kiddos, mm-hmm. obviously she's somebody that has a wealth of knowledge. And if she didn't know the answer, she can point you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much. For thank you. Here. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate and, it. Uh, we will talk to you guys next, next week. week. Bye. Bye.